2: Good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 536. I'm your host, Christopher Jones. We're going to talk some football. We had some four fabulous football games. Well, they weren't all fabulous. Some of them were pretty shitty. But anyhow, we had four games the, the, the previous week, and uh, we're going to talk about them. And we got only three Football game's coming up, even though it's a long weekend. I don't know how that works out. And why is there a game on Monday? Why do, we, why do we do this? Who cares if it's a long weekend? Why Two games Friday night, two games Saturday night, regardless of what's going on in the weekend. Fuck Labor Day. Fuck July 1st. Fuck BC Day. Or August 1st, long weekend. Whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Leave those days to the family, okay? Quit trying to take them away. Quit trying to steal the long weekends. Okay, Friday night, Saturday night, let's play football. Okay, the rest of the weekend's the families. Leave it alone. Stop doing this shit. Really annoying. Been doing it forever, and it's still, it's not right. And I don't. And then you got teams that have to go on a short week, and there's other this and that, and you get injuries and this. Oh, it's disgusting. Okay, anyhow, we're gonna carry on. And we're going to talk about all sorts of things. Now, what's the rant? Well, the rant is Randy Ambrosie. I, I don't need – sorry, Charles, I didn't look at your agenda, so I don't really know if this is part of it. But Randy gate was interviewed in Winnipeg and, he, and, and was challenged on the fact that the CFL.ca website sucks. And they said – and he said, oh, yeah, they're going through some – changes on it but they've had some problems and they figured they'll get it done in 24 to 48 hours well that was last thursday it's now wednesday they still haven't fixed the fucking website that's a whole week okay now i'm gonna jump back into another life right out of high school or right out of university i was a computer engineer and i used to do a lot of uh system upgrades operating system upgrades all sorts of different things. Um, I was more a hardware tech than software. Definitely I had um, code punchers that were wor- working with me, but as the, you know, I'd set up the whole system and get it all running, and then they'd come in and they'd install, or we'd install the operating system, and then they would come in and make sure all the software and applications and everything were working well, okay? Now we did some big law offices. We did some big accounting offices. We did school boards. We did, you know, all sorts of things that we, have, we did, but if there was a major fucking change that had to happen, we set up a ghost system. So that it would be, we, we'd install it on the ghost system and when it got up and running and was working, we could find the bugs and the errors as best we could, solve them all, and then we can take down the old network and put up the new one. And the exchange over would be instantaneously, it would be, it would be so simple. And if we did have a problem, it was usually a small one at that point in time in which this, uh, the code puncher can figure it out, programmer can figure it out and get it up and running. And if there was such a situation, which I can only remember one because we're going back 30 some odd years ago now, we still had the old system there that we could just take down the new one and put the old one back up. And it would be the, the, the law office, would have all their computer systems working, the accounting office would be able to do all their work. All of this would be done at night while everybody was sleeping. And then they come into work in the morning and their new system's up and running and working or their old system is still in place. What the fuck are these guys doing? Are they absolute amateurs? They don't. We were doing this 30 plus years ago. They don't even know what the hell they're doing now. I, I, I honestly, I can't believe that they have something that is so they hired a company or are working with a company that is so incompetent that they don't know how to change, put up some stats on a website. Like seriously, you, if you can't do this, you have no business being in the industry. I, I know great eights that could do a better job than what you've done right now. Guaranteed, guaranteed that they can. I, it, it, it boggles the mind and that we sit here like good little fans and bend over and take it because Randy Ambrosi says, oh, they're doing their best. It should only be another day or two, seven days later. It's still not there. This incompetent buffoon needs to lose his job, okay? And Charles, I'm really sorry if this was part of your agenda. I just needed to get it off my chest and... You know what? If it is on the agenda, then we're going to talk about it again because I, I'm okay with talking about it again. Anyhow, I opened up the mic. Well, Welcome to the show, William or Charles. Go ahead. Welcome.
1: I just need – there are a few things on Randy and Brody. This, Brody, this wasn't one of them, but this was a good topic because you're bang on on this one. The, the stats on the schedule on the website are embarrassing.
2: Oh, totally. Totally. And there's no excuse for it. It should just be done.
1: Right? I mean, does she, does you understand what I mean? I shouldn't have to download a PDF. <laughs> it's stupid. No,
2: absolutely not.
1: I mean, we are all about these improvements and how it's going to be so much better. It's worse than it used to be by a lot. Oh, without question, without question. <laughs> Maybe they didn't pay their stack provider. Who knows? But something's not right here because these, these, these stacks are a joke. And there's no real-time stacks. Or Well, I guess there is technically. On TSN, there's no real-time stacks. But even the real-time stacks on the website are ridiculous. They're, they're, they're not good at all. Hey, I used to go
3: to that website when I wanted it Information, so I could argue with people, and it's uh-huh. not there yeah. anymore it's not there anymore it's gone <laughs> i i i it's gone and and you'd think if they're going to upgrade that system, they would have started last year as though they could get it right by the time the football season came around Nope, no nope. no such a thing anyways. But yeah, I mean, I used to rely on that website for a lot of stuff, and I used to compare. Well, it's just I used to use it for all kinds of information to decide who I was going to pick next week, and so on and so forth. But well, you, not you get into a
2: discussion, and you want to know what 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 happened to the riders in 2019? Uh, what was their yep. record? What was the record for yep. Hamilton? Were they 15 and three, or were yep. they 14 and four? You know, so, so you yep. just flew over there and, and looked, right? It, it was dead yep. simple. Oh, who won the Western Final in 2015?
0: 2015,
2: the Western Semifinal was BC over Winnipeg. I know that. But if I needed to know the score, I needed to go there. You can't do well, it. It doesn't exist wrong. anymore.
3: I think you're wrong, Christopher. What? Not
2: 2015. Was it 2016? I don't know, because Maybe. I... I Jared Zanowich, uh bet me his house that Winnipeg was going to win. <laughs> and we kicked oh, a okay. field goal in the last second, the last play of the game and, and BC won the game. Oh, okay. He okay. never gave me his house. Yeah, okay. Okay. So, by the way, guys, that's Will McDonald. He's from Calgary. And uh, we're just uh, forgetting about all the introductions. Rudy is... Again, not coming on the show tonight. he's got something happening. I don't know. I don't care. he has um, he,
3: has a, legit, he it, has a legit excuse. His daughter's yeah, graduating Okay, high what is it?
0: Today.
3: His daughter's graduating from high uh, school today, so
2: yeah, okay, well that, that's valid. I, I'll get hundred percent on that one. I'll and give on that be one
3: next year. I didn't want to listen to the fuckhead anyways. Oh, did I say that out loud? In case you're listening, Rudy, I didn't mean that. You guys are speechless. See? I I do that to you guys all the time. It's pretty cool. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs>
3: Christopher, did you leave? Did you go away? What are you doing?
0: No, so I'm here. Oh, you're not saying I'm much. Here. Okay. I'm here. Okay. No, I
2: was letting, letting you guys talk there, so you know.
0: <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. So and where are we going to go? Uh,
2: We're going to go talk about last week's right, games. So, yeah. should, should we start Typically, with that? Or, yeah. Do you guys have anything you want to talk to? Uh, yeah, we should
3: start – well, we got to pick scores for this week, then we get to next week's, right? Or do we do it the other way around? No, we start yeah. with this week. No, no, we talk week. about
1: last week and then go to next week,
3: yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay, go ahead. Start it off, Christopher. What, ga- what game?
2: It was the PC Winnipeg game on Thursday oh, night. Oh, okay. And
3: That's right, it was.
2: This was actually – Yeah. I, 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 I thoroughly enjoyed this game. I thought it was really exciting.
0: Really? But in reality, oh, it
2: wasn't that good of a game.
1: No, it was a blowout. Okay?
2: The B, BC dominated this thing on all three facets of the game, from the opening kickoff to the final whistle. It just – Winnipeg just – you would have thought we were playing Ottawa. Seriously, there was just nothing happening. It, 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 it was a wonderful game. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I got to see great defense. I got to see great offense. Vernon Adams did well, although they didn't do exceptionally well because the way Winnipeg was playing, you'd think we could have ran up the score to, like, 50 points. But we didn't run up the score on Edmonton the week before either. We only won 22 nothing. Okay, Bigger point spread here. This was 24 points instead of just 22. Uh, it was a great game, in my opinion. I absolutely loved it. Charles, tell me what you thought.
1: I absolutely loved it. I mean, there have been kinds as a Lions fan, it can be frustrating where the Lions are playing well, and they go in to play a, a top team like the Bombers or anybody, and you're thinking, oh, this is going to be a great game. It's going to be a great game, and the Lions are the ones that get blown out. So we've been on the other end of this equation many times before. It was so, so nice to be on that this side of the equation before. The Lions absolutely dominated from kickoff to um, end of the game. The Bombers never really got their offense going, which is very uncharacteristic for them. Uh, they, um, Beefy took all of the best players from the Bombers and pretty much shut them down. Caleros play was, was a non-factor. Bolton Schoen was a non-factor. Willie Jefferson was a non factor Adam Big Hill was a non factor. The lions on both sides of the ball they completely controlled the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. The offense dominated Winnipeg 's defense. The defense dominated Winnipeg 's offense. Matthew Beck uh, was all over the field i 'm I'm imagining that uh, that um, Zach Carras was having nightmares about that guy because he like wouldn't he was all over him could, would not stop him, but it, it was one of these uh, games where we the Lions they just put together uh, a complete game on the road. The offense did their job. The defense did their job. They had some uh, special teams is pretty good. It was just a dominating performance, and we haven't seen the Bombers manhandle like that for years, so it was a really enjoyable game for me. I mean, if you were a neutral fan that didn't really care about either one of these teams, you might have been a bit bored because it was a one-sided blowout that was pretty much decided by halftime, but for me, I loved watching it because, we, like I said, we've been on the other side of the uh, equation far too many times. It was a fun one for me to watch. I sat there watching with a big smile on my face
2: right from beginning to end. Awesome. No, I I loved it. I thought it was a great game. Uh, William, impartial person or kind of Winnipeg fan? What was your thoughts on this? No,
0: no,
3: no. I kind of quite enjoyed this because Winnipeg hasn't gotten mollywopped for quite some time now, and it was even better. (laughs) It was even better because it was in their backyard, okay? Um, Oh, yes. You know, uh-huh. that, that game, that game, that game wasn't even a game. It was rather boring to be honest with you. Um there was lots of scoring so people probably watched it. Um um I I and I you know, and BC what I was impressed with mostly was BC's defensive front. Their 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 uh defensive line yeah. Made Winnipeg's O-line look like a bunch of old fat guys, which they are. Okay, there was no, there was nothing there. They couldn't stop them. And uh, hey, I guess uh, I guess uh, Calgary's looking pretty good right now because they uh, only lost to BC by what, fourteen points or seven points or something like that. So hey anyways but no it was a good effort by bc uh will winnipeg be caught like that again i don't think so but they could be um because now all the teams have a map of how to beat winnipeg and so there you go more power to them so
2: yeah That's fun. Yep. No, 100%. Uh, It's just a great game. I'm so excited about it. Okay, so final score was BC 30, Winnipeg 6. They didn't even score touchdown. Now, BC has uh, allowed one touchdown this season in regular season. Only one. They shut out the Edmonton Oilers, and the first game was what? Who did we play the first game? It was Saskatchewan? No. Um,
3: no, Calgary. 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 Calgary.
2: Calgary. And Calgary only scored one touchdown. So, yep. I, I, this is phenomenal. This is like a gauntlet for defense. Pretty exciting. So, total score was 36. Charles, you picked BC. You got 108 points. Will, you yeah. went with Winnipeg. You got six points. CJ, picked with his head and not his heart. Uh, I went with Winnipeg. Now I have a headache. And I got zero points for this game completely. And Rudy went with Winnipeg, and he got zero points for this game as well. Okay? So it was just – I cannot believe I didn't pick BC. I honestly didn't think BC was going to win. I really didn't believe BC was going to win. I don't think Charles did either, but he is just such a homer, he cannot not pick BC. And I'm proud of that. I'm proud of you for doing that, Charles. It it paid off. Finally, it paid off when you didn't think it was going to. Um, yeah, so that was it. BC uh, BC kicked Winnipeg's ass all over their own stadium. Their own. Oh, did you see their fans? Did you see the look on Michael Chase's face? Did you see? Oh my God, this was wonderful. I think Brody just took the fucking night off so he didn't have to talk about this.
1: The, the fans it made were up from with about like six minutes graduated. they're all walking out.
2: Oh, it it it, it was absolutely priceless. Absolutely priceless. It was it was it was the, one of the best games that I've seen in a long time, probably since two thousand and eleven. Mind <laughs> you, well, two thousand and sixteen Western semifinal was pretty good when we beat Winnipeg. Oh we beat Winnipeg. That's mm-hmm. right. Same team. Okay. There's a rivalry here between B C and Winnipeg. Whether or not anybody believes it, there hundred percent is a rivalry here.
0: Um,
2: it was a good game. I was pretty happy with it. And, uh, yes, you're right, Matthew Betts is, like, the player of the year. And uh, carried on. Okay, the next game. Five
1: sacks in three games.
2: Yeah. Uh, the next, yeah, but he had four in one game. Uh, so he had three in the last Montreal game. Montreal in – yeah, three, sorry. Yeah, Montreal in Hamilton. This was a battle of two – I I want to use the word terrible teams. I really do. Um, I I can't. Montreal actually looks good in their two victories. But they played Hamilton and Ottawa. If they didn't look good in their two victories, they would be the same as Ottawa and Hamilton. Okay? I cannot believe how terrible – the Eastern Division is, but then at the same time, the Western Division's not looking sparkly either. So this this game was just oh, uh, Charles, go ahead. Uh, oh
1: man, it's like who is going to be worse out of the two teams? And the answer was Hamilton. Uh, their defense made Cody Fajardo look like an all-star for this team. Yeah this Hamilton team to be 0-3 at this point, a year where they went out and spent a lot of money on big-name free agents, and they're getting nothing in return. They just got beaten by Montreal. They looked crappy. They got blown out in their own stadium. This was their home opener. And they got embarrassed by, of all people, Cody Fajardo. Chandler Worthy had a big return. Austin Mack had a big uh, game. This young uh, rookie receiver who's looking really good so far for Montreal. Uh, Their defense looked terrible. Uh, Matt Schlitz, boy, he sure as hell not the answer. He came in and did nothing. So they've got some big problems there. Now Bo Levi's on the 16, so he's not coming back anytime soon. So they got some real, real problems in a um a city that's hosting a grey cup. So uh it's uh well, yeah it's like a I long game. Show. Show.
2: that doesn't matter.
1: Well it doesn't matter to you but to some people it does and I'm sure it does to the uh to the to Bob Young, I'm sure it does to the uh to the uh Ty Cats overall. They wanna be there, I think. They I mean they might may not be there but they wanna be there. Um well, I mean, who doesn't? I think every team does, so that that's a fair comment. Exactly. But in reality, they, uh, this is just a, um, it's not a good situation right now for Hamilton. They look uh, so out of place, and they don't look dangerous, and they need a, a quarterback badly because they don't have a quarterback right right now with all Bill Levi. In fact, many people would say they don't have a quarterback even with Bill Levi. So, uh, yeah, it's bad, and... Montreal, I mean, give them some credit, their defense look good. uh they're two and all. Let's see them play a real, te- real team. Let's see if they can pull off the same kind of play against Winnipeg this weekend. I suspect they won't, but we'll see. But so far, so good for them at least. And by the way, Paul athlete police they are not yeah, the it- best defense in the league, so just saying
2: Oh yeah, how where, where does that come from? Are, are they going well, to say stupid he, shit like this?
1: I, if, if that's what he honestly thinks, then that, that we can, that lets us know why he's not coaching anymore. So,
2: Okay, so going back to your thing about Hamilton going all in for the Grey Cup, which uh, I agree they are, okay? Um, their last yeah. Grey Cup that they hosted was in 2021, only two years ago. That yeah. Ticats won yep. in the Grey Cup. They lost to Winnipeg.
1: I was there, right? I guess
2: That's correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the last 2013, Saskatchewan Roughriders were in their own stadium, and they won. And then the year before that was Argos, and the year before that was BC. The majority of Grey Cups, wherever they're held, the host team is, is rarely in the game, rarely in the game. Okay, correct. It, has, it was a phenomenal run when 2011, 2012, 2013. The huh. home team was in Three it, and in the home row. team won it. That was so rare, so rare. I mean, it it doesn't really happen all that often. It's an anomaly, and you know, for them to expect. To be in the Great Cup and to win it this year, uh, I think is, is ridiculous and, and delusional. But they did go all in. They bought a whole pile of players. And But the, whenever you buy players, especially All-Stars, that means that they don't know how to work with too many other people. I, I don't mean that in a bad way, but the fact is that you don't get – it's not a team. It's a bunch of All-Stars. And, and, and it's like an all-star game. And all-star games are never well done, well played. Because the mm-hmm. players don't know how to work with each other. And if you remember way back when, Ted Austin went out in free agency and bought a a team, paid huge money for it, got to the Grey Cup and got their asses kicked. Lots. you remember that? Yep. Yeah. Of course and and that's when Zach Caleros got injured back then so yeah I, I don't know why Hamilton expects to be in the Great Cup this year, I just don't good for them for trying but I don't I mean, BC has better odds of being in the Great Cup next year than Hamilton does of being in the Great Cup this year
0: mm-hmm. just,
2: just saying okay William, what was your take on this game? Well,
3: and my response to that is, uh, before we go too crazy, it's only three games into the season. So many things could happen. So and many. And they're things an Eastern team. Um. So I I I felt sorry for Matt Schlitz or whatever the heck his name is. On Friday night, because fuck, they were Montreal was fucking dirty, and they they beat him up. I'm surprised they didn't call more uh, more roughing the passer plays on that guy because he got the shit kicked out of him. And it, it also helps when you don't have a offensive line, which Hamilton seems to not have one. So because I, I, I mean, Hamilton spent big money. On their defense Especially because they brought in Some, yeah. some defensive, defensive Experts And their defense looks like shit So mm-hmm. and, and then it doesn't Help when you don't have a fucking quarterback On your offense And I'm thinking Shit man two more weeks and you know Who's gone If
1: this keeps up But uh, yeah. Orlando
3: Steiner uh, or
2: Tommy Condell or both.
0: Um,
1: maybe, both. B- maybe both of them. Both. Don't uh, forget, they, they've concerned. got, uh, what's his name? They've got a Scott Milanovic here waiting in the Scott
3: wings.
0: Malad-
1: Scott
3: Milanovic is sitting there. That's correct. So, But the other thing I'm thinking about is uh, Hamilton. I mean, it, they're in the East, man. They can lose their first five games and still make the playoffs Easy. Easy. So no that's
0: true.
3: You can't count anybody out yet. You really can't. No. So I mean I I look at the uh well we'll get to that in a minute but but yeah, you can't count anybody out right
0: now. So Okay.
2: Sorry that was me making noise. I did that I pushed the wrong button. I apologize.
1: I didn't actually uh,
2: anything. Anyway. So, you didn't hear it? it? It didn't get loud?
1: No, I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. Okay.
2: Didn't. okay, then it was only in my head. And I was hearing things. No, Montreal Alouettes, 38. Hamilton Tiger Cats, 12. 50 points were scored in this game. Uh, Charles, you picked Hamilton to win, and you got a total of sixteen points. Will, you went with Montreal, you got one hundred and six. CJ went with Hamilton and got twenty-two points, and Rudy went with Hamilton and got twenty-six points. You're the big winner there, Will.
3: Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I'm only, I'm only down yes. by seven hundred points, right? So.
0: Yeah, that was the only
2: thing you did right this week. Yeah, I know. No offense.
3: Okay. Okay. The
2: next game, and and you know, I, I it, it ended up with a decent score, but at halftime it was six to nine, or six to three, or something stupid like that. Was the Saskatchewan Calgary game? It was terrible. It was brutal, and they made bonehead coaching decisions right, left, and center whether both Dickinsons, it was like they were trying to give the game to their brother. Uh, it, like Craig Dickinson, why did they go for a single point at the end in there when they scored the touchdown? It would have got, They would have been up by 11. Calgary would have needed to get two touchdowns or a touchdown uh, with a two-point conversion and a field goal, and they didn't. They went for the two-point conversion, failed, Ten points. Calgary comes in, scores a touchdown, gets a kicks a convert, and <clears throat> comes back gets a field goal to take it into overtime. Bonehead move by Craig Dickinson. Bonehead move from Craig Dickinson. Then in overtime, at the end of overtime, Calgary, what what did they do that was just absolutely stupid? Oh yeah, they passed the ball at the end when they were uh, second and second and three or whatever it was.
0: Something like and, that.
2: Uh, they were second and six they were second and six and they they went and passed the ball and it got <laughs> intercepted. Right? You 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 run the ball. You, you 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 take care of the ball. You run the ball. You hold on to it. You don't let it go in up into the air, into the double coverage in the <laughs> end zone. Of course Saskatchewan was covering every receiver down there. Run the ball. Mm-hmm. It just I don't understand it. It just doesn't make sense not to do that. And they just absolutely. Boathead move by Dave Dickinson. I know Will doesn't agree. I know Will doesn't agree. But without question, that was a stupid call. Whether it was him or his offensive coordinator, I don't give a shit who it was. You should never have done that. You should have ran the ball. If you got eight yards, six yards, you got a first down. If you only got four yards, then you're third and two. And you either kick the field goal to tie, or you try to pound it through for the win. Okay? You have options. But as soon as you throw it into the end zone, into double coverage, you're going to get picked off, especially when your quarterback just had his bell rung, and he's throwing loopy balls down. Okay? So, no, this was just a bonehead move by the coach. And both of them should have been fired now. That's pretty harsh. But I, I, I just... It was dumb, and it was not an exciting game. The only reason why it was the score got ran up is because they had double overtime, and that's my. It was 23-23 was the final, and then they ended up 29-26 after overtime. Charles, you go ahead. You talk about this game. I I just I can't believe this game. It was dumb. Uh, was really a lousy first half. The
1: second half was a little bit more exciting, more points scored than in the overtime, but uh, i got to put at least some of the goat horns here on Jake Mayer. Although, I know he didn't call the play, but a quarterback like that's got to be able to recognize that uh, you can't throw a ball like that into double coverage. That's when you got to pull it down and figure out somewhere else to throw it at that point, because he threw that ball, and it had very little chance of success it was a dumb move to do um the riders i've heard some chirping from their fans but you know what they, they didn't play a great game by any means uh they were kind of the lesser of two evils at this point in this game but uh, there's just something wrong with the stamps and they're getting worse because they're racking up injuries cause, uh They just got Malik Henry up now with an Achilles rupture, so he's done for the season. Uh, This is going to be, it's looking more and more like this is going to be a very long year in Calgary, and uh, I think um, Will actually said that uh, right from the start, and uh, no, it's a bad, uh, this is a bad, uh, not a good year, and uh, the Riders, they've got a couple of wins here, but... They certainly have not looked the least bit impressive. Uh, they weren't impressive in this game. Um, so they got to really, um, I think both these teams got to step it up because right now they're not playing well. And it was just because they were playing each other, one team, well, I was going to say one team had to win, but if they uh, Calgary had played it smart, they would have gotten at least a tie out of it. Uh, but throwing into double coverage in the end zone, just a stupid thing to do. Yeah. And any time of the game, but when you're in overtime, uh, it magnifies it that much more.
2: A 100%. The entire game was on that one play. Really? Yeah. Right? You either win it, you tie it, or you, you lose it. And they, they went for it and lost it. And I, I know Will's yep. going to say, you go for it, go for the gusto, and go for the win because wins are all that matters. Just don't go for the tie. That one point... May be important sometime in this season, and uh, they gave two to Calgary or to Saskatchewan, (laughs) not just one. They gave two.
3: What? It's gonna It's gonna be an important point because it's what's gonna keep Calgary in a last place in the West. Come on, really? Come on, really? Anyways, um, um, okay. I have been telling you guys numerous things over the last year about Calgary wasn't going to be good this year. I've also said when you guys were screaming that Jake Mayer is the next one, I'm like, yeah, no, Jake Mayer is not the next one. Jake Mayer is barely one now, okay? Um, I think Jake Mayer will get better. I think he will get better with time, okay? Of course, I spend a lot of my time – during football games, watching offensive lines, and Calgary sucked on Saturday, to be honest with you. First quarter, they were uh, fucking atrocious. Um, Both of those teams have lots of injuries, um, and it showed. One of the other reasons I thought Calgary wouldn't be good this year is because I looked at their roster. They have no depth. They have no depth whatsoever. They are out of American receivers currently, except for the hyphenated name guy. They are out of American receivers. They've got a couple on their practice roster, but I think they're both injured. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, by next week they bring uh, back, uh, shit, what's his name? Kamar Jordan. Cause, uh yeah. He he didn't he didn't sign this year, so so they could very easily bring him back this year. Um,
2: so Sparky, now, Sparky keeps ranting about Calgary going with all Canadian receivers so they can have an all American o line to help
3: their
0: out. A, I, I don't see don't that happening.
3: Have, they don't have an all all American, and they have the best center in the CFL, and he's Canadian. So. Um, Um, Sparky's an idiot. Yes, I said that, Sparky. You're a fucking idiot. Anyways, um, (laughs) here's my, here's my little, here's my little rant, and I have not talked to you guys about this, this season. Um, you know how I'm always talking about Colton Hunchak, okay? He is, he did not make the active roster this year. He has been on the practice roster. He's been with the Flames or with the, the, the Stamps for four years now. And so they have all these injuries and he got to play, he got to be on the active roster in this game but they hardly put him in at all. And he was the guy with the most experience out of all of the receivers on that team. And Going back to the last play of the game, Christopher, Colton Hunchak was on the goal line wide fucking open, and he threw in the double coverage. He was wide open. If you go back and watch the replay, he could have had a fucking cup of coffee. And for that matter, the field was so wide open. I don't know why Jake Mare didn't run the fucking ball. He's not. He's not Bo Levi Mitchell. He can run the ball.
0: So I, I, I don't think he think
2: didn't. I don't think, I don't think he had his faculties. I don't think that he was. He was. He shouldn't have been well, on the field. No. Yeah, but you know what?
3: He. He threw in the double coverage and and you, you blame Dave Dickinson for that, but it was him who threw in the double coverage, but Dave Dickinson is notorious for throwing the fucking ball when he should run great cup oh, two thousand and great cup two thousand and sixteen great cup two thousand and seventeen you know what I mean so. I'm yeah. not going to say you're wrong. I mean, you
2: would, you, but I. That game. You remember the Seahawk game? Yes.
3: On the one-yard line, they throw. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't tie the game because I don't give a fuck about one point against Saskatchewan when it's the third week of the season. Fuck off. Um, I was just going to yeah, mention I, one more thing
0: because
3: I, I never I never praised kickers, but Rennie Parades became the eighth eighth guy in history of the CFL to kick five hundred field goals. I think it was. Um, that's pretty good for a guy who got cut from his first CFL team. He's had a career.
2: So, well, it, I. Uh, one of the other one of the other kickers that got five over five hundred field goals was uh, Paul McCallum and, and he got horse manure yeah. jumped on his driveway. So Yeah, you know, well and, and and I think that kind of out out did the keeping cut from your first game. Why eight. the the other
3: reason the Stampeders are in trouble is because their two best players are their kickers. Okay? That's all I'm gonna say. They're in trouble.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 valid point. Your two best players are the kickers
3: Absolutely Cody Grace Is kicking the shit out of that ball
2: Yeah They're they're both doing very well Um, I I want to stand corrected here I'm going to say that I was wrong (laughs) I really Spoke very highly Of Jake Mayer last year uh, Or the year before And wanted to know why they didn't use him more often Because I really don't like Bo And that's no secret and I really thought mm-hmm. Jake Mayer was was the the hot shit. And I, I honestly don't think he's ready for prime time. He, no, he's Jim, not. Not that good. He you is. You know, and, and he wasn't that good last year. It's not like he had a really good time. And we went, oh well, we we're going to keep him and get rid of Bow. He didn't do all that well last year. They got rid of both because
3: Bow's hurt. Guys. Guys, four of their wins last year were against Edmonton.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's uh, probably
3: uh, more telling
0: than we words. were
1: letting on. So.
3: Okay. Anyways. So, I'm, I'm prepared. I final, see it's been, a lot of, it's been a lot of years in winning Calgary since we've had a shit team. And we're going to get a been. shit team this yeah. year. I'm telling you.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Charles, did you go on this game? Did I get you, yes, did you Willie did. go first or? No, I did yeah. but... You did already? Okay. Well let's finish this game yes. off then. So it was Saskatchewan twenty nine, Calgary twenty six, in double overtime for fifty five points. Charles, you took Calgary, five. you got twenty points. Will, you took Calgary, you got sixteen points. C J took Saskatchewan. What the hell? C J never takes yeah. Saskatchewan. 136 points. Pretty took Calgary 26 points. CJ was a big winner in this one, just like Willie was last week in, or in the previous game. Okay, the last game, last game of the the week was a bit of a shootout. It was decent football in the first half. Then it got really stupid, and then there was some scoring. And I don't know what to say. I honestly, you know what, Edmonton scored 31 points. The week before, they scored zero points. So I have to believe that that's a huge step forward for the Edmonton Elks. I honestly think that they gave Toronto a good run for their money. Yes, they came up short. Yes, they lost. But I don't think they, they didn't stink the place out like they did the week before. Uh, is that because Toronto's not as good as BC? I don't know. We're going to find that out on Monday. But really,
0: I, I,
2: I, I brought up my power rankings, and I didn't put Edmonton at the bottom. I am the only person in the CFL that didn't put Edmonton at in, in ninth place. I put Ottawa there, and they deserved it. Um, yeah, no. Edmonton Edmonton, I wasn't offended by their game. I wasn't disappointed with their game. I was disappointed they didn't win because I think they should they're a better team than they've been playing, and hopefully they found their quarterback they everybody says they found their quarterback. I don't know who it is they they got rid of Locksley was it Locksley well they they got rid yeah. of one of their quarterbacks yeah. they got rid of
1: Loxley and put uh, and, and, uh, Trey Ford on their active roster correct
2: yeah, but they didn't play him.
3: No, no. Well, he wasn't dressed
1: last
3: week. They're gonna. They haven't yeah. said who they're gonna start this week, but there's rumors that they're gonna start their second string guy.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't know what's going on. Anyhow, uh is, is Toronto an amazing team? Well, you know they're two and and They had a bye, so they're a game back from everybody else. Montreal's two and oh. But look at who they're playing. They haven't had a real challenge yet. So this week coming up, Montreal and Toronto are playing Winnipeg and BC respectively, and we're going to see how the Eastern Division is going to stack up. I don't think they're going to fare very well. I, I Honestly, I don't. Um, Chad Kelly played a good game. Uh, I still don't think the defenses out there, defensive coordinators have got enough film on him to be able to challenge him. And when they do, they're going to find his weaknesses and it's not going to be as wonderful as everybody thinks they are. Uh, I, I've i been going back and forth with a couple of Argo fans and they just think that he's the savior, he's the god, he's he's everything. And uh, it's kind of like Phil Miller and Cody Fajardo. I, I, I don't get it. But so be it. Let's see what happens. William, you go first on this one. Toronto, Edmonton.
3: You know what? I watched it for about 20 minutes. Um, I thought it was a competitive game. And then it just wasn't a competitive game anymore. I don't know what happened to Edmonton. I still think Edmonton is better What than what they've showed and I'm still not going to count them out. I still don't think they're the worst team in the league by a long shot. But they you think they are. It the, no, they are not by a long shot. There's no, a number of teams that are worse than them. Um, Calgary probably being one of them. Um, no, so I guess I'll see a. I guess I'll probably see a pretty competitive game in the Labor Day Classic this year. Anyways, um, yeah, like I said, you know what? Chad Kelly has shown something, but I still don't know, you know, if guys have enough film on him or he's just playing over his head or he just hasn't played anybody. That's the other thing. But until or, we do or we he see him play. Good. Well, until we do see him play somebody this week, BC, we'll yeah. see how good he is. Right? It's
2: that simple. Chad Kelly, so, meet Matthew Bet. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we shall see. So okay.
1: Go we shall ahead. see. We shall see. Charles. Edmonton held um their own with um. Toronto for the first half, and it just seemed like the talent just won out in the second half. I thought Edmonton played very well in the first half uh, on both sides of the ball. And then I guess Toronto made the adjustments at halftime and just kind of took the game over. Um, Taylor Cornelius has finished, I think. Um, Honestly, he was okay in this game, but he's not the answer in, in Edmonton. It's painfully obvious at this point. So they got this new guy. Uh, his name Dougal or something or Donegal or something like that. But uh, he looked really good. So uh, it looks like he's going to get the start this week because uh, he's been getting all the uh, first team reps. So I'm interested to see what this guy does as a starter, not just coming in off the bench in the second half. But he looked pretty good. But honestly, Toronto, I think won this game simply because they're just a better team than Edmonton. I don't think. I'm with Will. I don't think Edmonton is the worst team in the, in the CFL. I think there are other teams that are worse. Even other teams that have won games might be worse than uh, Edmonton. Uh, but honestly, if you're an Elk fan, I think you at least have some something to be somewhat uh, encouraged about because I think they played, at least for the first half and a little bit, but I thought they played a pretty good football team. They were certainly a whole lot better than they were the week before when they got shut out by BC. I mean, hell, one point gets you better than uh, last week. So I think it's pretty uh, – um, I'd be encouraged by it. Uh, I, they're not there yet, but uh, I think they're showing signs of improvement.
2: Well, if, if you look at the, the points, okay, they, at the end of the first quarter it was tied to seven apiece, okay? At the end, at, mm-hmm. at halftime – uh Toronto was up 18 to 17. Only one point difference. Yeah. Okay? Then they came out after halftime and shit the bed and Toronto scored 18 points. Okay? And then in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter, Edmonton outscored Toronto 14 to 7.
1: Yeah. So they had one bad quarter
2: and that cost them. Take that away and they're uh, They right had their one competitive bad quarter.
1: They can't have yeah. that they can't have that collapse.
2: No, 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 they cannot have that collapse. And, you know, and they, they didn't run the ball.
1: No, no. they didn't.
2: Like the yard, Toronto, Toronto rushed the ball 37 times, averaged 5.3 yards per carry, 191 yards rushing. Okay. Edmonton rushed the ball 14 times. 3.7 yards average for 48 yards. 48 yards. You can't do that. They out they outpassed the Argos. So you know, it, it, even the net yards, it, it, they weren't close. That rushing yards just took it away from them. They had mm-hmm. more first downs. And, uh, unfortunately, they had six sacks against them. I'll tell you, when you get six sacks against you, you can't win football games. <laughs> you, know, you you're going through the stats. They're, they're not bad. You know, tackles for a loss. They had four tackles for a loss. They had a block kick. They, you know, two interceptions. Two fumble recoveries. It, it, Edmonton should have won that game. That third quarter just absolutely kicked them in the nuts. Yep. Okay. William, did you go on this? You, you went on this one, didn't you? No. Yep. Go ahead. We it. Okay. Uh, t- okay. 43 for Toronto. Elks. 31 total of 74 points. BC-Winnipeg game was the lowest-scoring game with 36. The other two were in the 50s, and this was a 74. So, Charles, you picked Toronto. You got 100 points. Will, you took Edmonton. You got zero. CJ took Toronto, got 100 points. And Rudy took Toronto for 100 points. Nobody went as high up in the 70s pick, not even close. We're barely in the 50s. So, um, yeah, no. There was uh, CJ picked fifty two, but we were out by a one point on that. On me getting anything for that diff. Okay, so that's the end of that. Let's uh, go over to the standings for week three. CJ got two hundred and fifty eight points. Charles got two hundred and forty four. Rudy one hundred and fifty two, and Will one twenty eight. So the totals are CJ's got an even thousand points. I don't know how that happens. Charles is six points back at 994. Rudy's back another couple hundred, almost 300, at 702. And Willie's down just under 500 at 492. You're you're under 50%, Will. You're not a 500 team. Sorry to tell you. Okay.
3: So the pennies for this week... Sorry, go ahead. What's that? I said just remember these words. Yeah. Are you ready? Okay, so
2: we've got three games this week. I don't know why we've only got three games. Uh, The first one up is the Edmonton-Ottawa game. DraftKings have Ottawa winning this one at 3.5 points with the over-under at 42. (sighs) Rudy has sent in his scores. He's taking Edmonton at 55. Charles, what you going to do? Hmm. Uh,
1: uh, I just don't think Ottawa's got a quarterback yet. And when it comes right down to it, I still, with everything that happens, think that Edmonton is a more talented team than the uh, Ottawa Red Blacks. Now, they are going to be missing. Uh, I was announced today Eugene Lewis will not play in this game. Even with that, I still think Edmonton is the better team, and I think they're going to build off of their game, their encouraging play against Toronto last week, and I think they go out and win this one. Plus, they're not at home, so they can actually win this one. So, uh, eh, I'd like to see Ottawa win a game. I just don't think it's going to be this week. So I'm going to also pick Edmonton in this game, and I'll pick Edmonton
2: 50 points. 5-0? Five zero. Is that correct, John? Right. Uh, yes, 5, Five zero. Zero? Yes. 50?
0: Okay. That's correct.
2: Well, what are you going to do? Ottawa, 48. Ottawa, 48. Okay. Well, CJ is going with Edmonton. I've been picking Edmonton all year, and I still think they're going to do it eventually. And I'm going to go with... Uh, mm-hmm. Winnipeg, but I'm going to go 42. I'm going to follow the DraftKings betting odds. I'm going on the underside of things and going with 42 points. Uh, the second game, uh, which is the Winnipeg Montreal game. Now Montreal is 2 and 0, oh, and they are top of the uh, Eastern Division, which to me means shit. That just he's the tallest midget. Okay, uh, uh, Montreal and Toronto are both tied for the top of the East at two and zero, and it means shit. Uh, Winnipeg, yes, they got embarrassed by BC, but they, without question, are better than any team in the Eastern Division. I, I just, I don't understand it. I can't, can't figure out why things are going the way that they are. Uh, DraftKings taking Winnipeg by five and a half points, which is a pretty big spread, Uh, with the over/under at 48. The Pickham has Winnipeg at eighty-seven percent over Montreal's thirteen. So the the fans out there are picking Winnipeg by an astronomical margin. So I I'm, I'm I already took Winnipeg at forty-seven. I'm going to take Winnipeg at forty-nine. Charles
1: yeah I don't see Winnipeg laying two eggs in a row uh people have been uh, talking about the Montreal defense. They haven't played Winnipeg yet folks. The teams they played uh are not that hard to shut down uh I don't see them doing the same thing the Winnipeg I see Winnipeg winning this game. i'm going winnipeg uh forty five
2: winnipeg at forty five okay and Willie, what are you going to do with this one? You know, we wouldn't even be talking
3: about Winnipeg if what hadn't, if in 2019, Cody Fajardo hadn't hit the goalpost in the Western Final. Saskatchewan would have went on to win the Grey Cup, and Cody Fajardo would have been in the hero in Saskatchewan for all time. So I am going with the. Uh-huh. Montreal Alouettes
2: at 50. (laughs) Well, you're either going to make a comeback or you're going to drop pretty far.
3: Like I told you, you didn't let me finish. Remember these words. At the end of the year, you guys are going to say, Will McDonald, greatest comeback in Let's Talk CFL history. Okay? Okay.
2: I'm, I'm waiting with bated breath. Okay. okay. The The third mm-hmm. game this week is the BC-Toronto game. It's not until the holiday Monday. And we're going to have the 3-0 and top of the league BC Lions coming down to play the uh, Toronto Argonauts, who are, like I said, are top of the league in the Eastern Division. Uh, They have BC winning by two and a half points at forty. What what, what was that? The Eastern Division? Tied, tied for the top in the Eastern Division. Tied, tied for the top with Montreal. So BC point spread is BC by two and a half. The over under is forty seven and a half. The Pickem CFL Pickem is trend is at BC eighty percent, Toronto twenty. I'm not going against the odds. I'm going to take BC Lions and I am going to go with 42 points. Uh Rudy went with BC at 50. William, you get to pick first here. What are you going to do? Do I?
3: Well, do you even do you, are you even wondering? Do you have any question whatsoever? Of oh, to course Toronto? I'm gonna of course I'm gonna pick Toronto at fifty two. At fifty two. Okay. Despite despite despite, do you realize and I haven't mentioned this yet and I want to mention it this week, you know who's playing pretty fucking good football? The Vadge is playing. football. Who, who's really playing, good playing football? football. PC, PC? The Vadge. Yeah. The Vadge is playing really good football. Yes he is. Um not only is he is he turned into a great passer but he's also he also knows now when the right time is to run and it's yes. it's, been, it's it's been pretty good how good he actually looks this year so yep maybe he but finally he's, wants. he's finally to sit.
2: playing on a good team
3: yeah but he has played on some good I've
2: teams I never thought I He's
0: always
2: had Not good this talent. Good. he's never been able to show it. He's he, what teams has he been on? He's been in Hamilton. He's been in Montreal. Both of yeah, them cellar dwellers. Yeah, the, there was
3: there was the Montreal team two or three years ago when uh, when what's his name was the head coach, the um, ex quarterback from Winnipeg. He uh, that was Kari was Pretty good that year, Kahari Jones. That team was pretty good that year. So, and he yeah and he, he played well that, that year. He played well that year until he got injured. So, oh. so. Did you say bull? No. Huh? No, oh, I did not. Okay. Okay. But yeah, Charles, no. I, all, I want to, all I all I wanted to mention was he's playing very well this year. I'm impressed.
1: So, Charles, you can yep, pick. I agree. You got All right. You, uh, yeah, gee, I wonder who I'm going to pick. Yeah, I'm going to go with BC again. A, as you mentioned, I do homer picks, but Baller, B, he's B. They're three and zero with the top defense in the league. Sorry, Paul, that police. Uh, and I think they're going to keep it going. Now, maybe they give up a touchdown in this game. Who knows? But. I still think that defense is one of those shutdown defenses that everybody is going to have trouble scoring on. And their offense is playing really well right now. And the big thing, and this is a a key thing, too, they beat Winnipeg last week. They didn't have Keon Hatcher. They didn't have Dominic Rimes. They're getting both of those guys back this week. They they were both taking uh, first uh, team reps today at practice. So it looks like both of those guys – so their offense, which has been good for most of the year already, is going to be at full strength for the first time this season. So that should be pretty scary considering the, how well they played so far. I mean, with the Edmonton game being a bit of an exception, although they did have some good moments in that game. But at full strength and with the way that defense is playing, I'm going with BC in this one, and I'm going uh, BC 46.
0: Okay.
2: So here's an interesting stat, or a little bit of stats here for you guys. Um, BC has not scored the most amount of points in this season. That's Winnipeg. Winnipeg no. has scored 93, but BC is in second place with 77. Okay. Now mm-hmm. here's a kicker on this one. Point points against. After three games, BC is 27. They're averaging no, seven points 21. a game. 20, sorry, 21. That's, 20, They're that's 21. They're averaging seven points per game for three games, okay? They were actually averaging 7.5, and they brought the average down when they played Winnipeg. Unbelievable. Now, Montreal has only allowed 24 points, but that's in two games, not three, okay? But here's the sad number. Do you want to know what the sad number is?
3: missed extra points. Okay. Hamilton, uh, uh, allowed,
2: 112, 112 points. Hamilton allowed 112 points. Hamilton has allowed
0: 112 points. BC allowed
2: 21 in three games. That's almost 40 points a game. That's almost 40 points a game. And Edmonton has not allowed the least amount. Winnipeg let in more points. Saskatchewan's let in more points. So I, I yeah I don't know, I and oh but they only played two. Did they play two games? No, they played three. Oh yeah, they they run up. They played last three. Week. That's right. Okay, my bad. So the three Eastern Division teams have had three the first three buys. Who's sitting out this week? Hamilton. Yeah. yeah of course they are. Yeah. But so we're well, NFL there's three teams. teams
1: because there's only three games.
2: Saskatchewan and Edmonton are Hamilton, sitting out. Hamilton, uh, I just, Or Saskatchewan yeah. and Calgary. Calgary. Calgary is also. Out Calgary, not
3: Edmonton. Saskatchewan Calgary, and
2: Calgary. So the, yeah. Yeah, Saskatchewan and Calgary.
3: Saskatchewan,
2: Calgary, and Hamilton are sitting out this game. This week. Okay.
0: Yeah.
2: Wow. Oh. Uh. I'm trying to navigate through CFL and I'm getting a headache. Okay, let's run over to Charles's agenda now if I can find it. There's so many messages afterwards. Yeah, yeah. I'm almost going to have to get you to send that one to me in a separate messenger thing, just to directly to Christopher. Yeah, kind of like what I, I just made do Sparky that. Uh, Which CFL head coaches are on the hot seat? Interesting question. Let's go over to the article. Um, Chris Jones is on the hot seat. 100% he is with everybody, all the Edmonton fans. But I don't think he should be. Like I said, Edmonton's doing better than what the other two are. The other two shitty teams But I don't think Bob Dice is on the hot seat yet Honestly, I don't I mean He's only played two games He's lost both But they're not playing poorly They're just not playing great they need a quarterback It's not his fault that Jeremiah, He was promised Jeremiah Mazzoli For the start of the season And he hasn't showed up yet Hard to say Orlando Steinauer. I think he's the one that's going to get fired first. If a coach gets fired this year, it's going to be Orlando Steinauer. I don't think Edmonton can afford or justify getting rid of Chris Jones. Bob Dice is not in the hot seat right now.
0: Um, Steinauer,
2: though, with, with there's a reason why they brought in Scott Milanovic. There's a reason. Yes. Okay, You don't do that I mean this is one of the Elite Quarterback co- Or elite coaches in the CFL And uh, he won a great Cup with Toronto Then he went to the NFL He came back, went to Edmonton For that COVID year Never, never played a game And then Went off to the NFL again So now he's come back And he's with Hamilton again or he's with Hamilton now and I would be happy with him in BC I would be happy with him in Edmonton I'd be happy with him in Ottawa I have to be happy with him in Hamilton I think he's a good coach mm-hmm. did. I think he's definitely better than the Toronto coach hard, hard to fire Ryan Dinwiddie when he just won a great cup but anyhow So do you think that uh, I mean Michael Shea just lost a, a, a shit kicking to uh, B C. Is he on the hot seat? No, he's cold. Dave no. Dickinson is frigid.
1: Not a chance.
2: Ryan Dinwiddie is frosty. Rick Campbell is chilly. Jason Moss is comfortable. Bob Dice is warm. Craig Dickinson is toasty. I I, I think Dickinson should be fired. Chris Jones, who said they say the temperature for him is boiling. And Orlando Steinauer is scalding. Odds to win the Grey Cup. Who has the best odds to win the Grey Cup at this point in time?
1: Still the Bombers. Still the Bombers.
2: Plus 275. BC's at plus 310. Argos are at four hundred. Alouettes at 1,000, Rough Riders at 1,100, Stampeders at 12, High at 15, Red Blacks at 3,500, and Elks at 5,100. Don't know who makes these odds up. Ridiculous. So, Charles, do you think Orlando Steinauer is in the worst shape right now? Chris Jones, Craig Dickinson, those are the top three.
1: Orlando Steinhauer definitely is. Uh, this team had high expectations in their own three. Uh, couple more losses in his, he's gone, I think. Uh, they can't wait any longer. Uh, Chris Jones, I think with his experience, he's got a little bit more leeway. And I think, um, I am expecting at some point that team is gonna turn around. I, I think that he's a good enough coach to do that. Uh, I think we might be seeing signs of that, maybe saw some signs of that against Edmonton last week. I think he gets a little more leeway. Uh, If Craig Dickinson keeps winning and gets into the playoffs, he'll be around at least on the end of the year. Uh, If they don't win the Grey Cup, I could still see them letting him go at the end of the year, but um, we'll see. But uh, those would be the only three, I think, that have any real... Real I don't think they're going to give up on Bob Dice that quickly. I mean, that's not fair. The guy's only been uh, only been a head coach for, what, two, three games? And um, I think he's got a little, a little bit of time. Jason Moss is not in trouble right now. He neither doesn't have is a Cam, Neither is Dinwiddie. Yeah, exactly. And that's not his fault. That's the GM's fault. Yeah, those are the only three that I think could be on the hot seat. I think everybody else for now, at least, is pretty safe.
2: I'm just, reading, I'm just reading the caption on, on, uh, on Rick Campbell. I don't know if you did that or not, but it's kind of funny. Um, they said, there isn't a coach in the league more boring than Campbell. But his handling of a team that has lost the generational talent in Nathan Rourke has been masterful. BC's bench boss can sometimes believe in a player to a fault, but his paid off big time with Vernon Adams. After knocking off the Bombers, the Lions are now early Grey Cup frontrunners. Really? And Campbell's slow and steady approach to team building could win them the race. Yeah. I don't disagree with him, but I can't say that they're the frontrunner right now just because they beat Winnipeg once. Let's come back after August third when we play Winnipeg for the second time, and see how we've done up to that point in time in the year before we start calling mm-hmm. these guys up for a runner for the Drake Cup. Mm-hmm. Willie, what's your thoughts on the quarterback? On the coaches right now, who's in trouble? Who's not? Mm-hmm. William. Well. Will? Will William, did you fall asleep on us? No, I didn't. Okay. So, do you get to answer the question?
3: What was the question?
2: Are you on the podcast? I'm just checking. Uh, The question is, what coach coach do you believe is in the hot seat right now? Are there more than one?
3: it's Orlando Steinhauer, number one. Um, okay. I, I think if Saskatchewan goes on a run and loses games, uh, Dave Dickens or Craig Dickinson, they'll be gone. And I, if if Edmonton has a drastic season, as bad as it was last year, I could see them getting rid of Chris Jones, but not till the end of the year.
2: But not and till I the end of the year.
3: Not till the end of the year. I think everybody else is safe. I think everybody else is safe. But you know that, and I don't. I don't think. I think they're going to give Bob Dice a chance, big time. But you know what? They did get rid of. They did get rid of. Uh, Paul Lapalise after what? Paul Lapalise. After six games or seven games, wasn't it? Or did he go a whole season and they got rid of him the next season?
1: No, oh, he went a whole year and they
2: got rid of him
3: so next
0: he, year. Hmm.
3: Okay, so they'll probably get Bob and, Dice And they the didn't whole get rid of him well. early
2: in the year. It was it was about midway point where they promoted Bob Dice to yeah, interim. Okay, right. They'll, they'll probably they'll probably let Bob Dice go
3: for the year anyways. So, but yeah. yeah, no. The biggest one, of course, is Orlando Steinhauer, only because we know who's waiting in the wings, right? That's Scott the only reason Scott I say Lanovic. that. That's the, that's the only reason I say that. So, so, you know.
2: The the problem but. that I, I have with this is that it's so difficult to get rid of coaches now because of this stupid and ridiculous management cap. Right, yeah. Okay? That you yeah. can't fire somebody and continue to pay him and hire somebody else and pay him, because now you're over the cap. Okay? That like, um, fucking
3: thing should be banned. It should be banned. It should oh, get rid of it. stupid. It's yeah. Without
2: question. So here, here's where this management cap came into play. And it, it had a lot to do with Chris Jones in the Saskatchewan Rough Riders back in 2016, seven, 17-18 in that era where he had players and coaches and consultants and, and, and he had 42 scouts and he, he was just shooting this wad all over the place trying to find the best personnel to come to his team and I don't disagree with him if there's no restrictions if, 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 if the boss is willing to open up the purse strings Spend the money, okay? So the CFLPA got their panties in a knot and said, how come we can spend all this money on coaches, but we can't spend that much money on players? And then they decided that they would put in a rule to curtain people like Chris Jones from winning football games by having way too much many coaches, okay? I don't disagree with it in that capacity, what I do disagree with is it's preventing a weaker team from getting better. Mm-hmm. So we do, we do this one of two ways. We either say that any coach that you fired, their salary is no longer applies to the cap. The cap is only for active personnel. That doesn't mean that you can fire somebody in the last weeks to save cap space. So, you know, every rule is going to be abused regardless of what it is or at least played to the edge. Or you say that any team under 500 or with a losing record has the ability to is exempt from the cap because they need to get better. I personally believe that it should – if you're going to have a cap that's good for every team – that you, if you fire a personnel, their salary up to the time in which they fired goes towards the cap. After that, it does not. Once they are fired, once they are gone from the cap team, it no longer counts towards your your cap space. It's no different than if you release a player. Their, mm-hmm. their salary there is is now null and, vo- null and void. So you know that that to me is the best way of doing this. Is if you're going to fire orlando steinauer his contract is terminated today and the the, the contract's not terminated you still have to pay him for the rest of the year by law because it's a guaranteed contract but it no longer counts against the cap and that way poor performing teams can afford to get better without violating the cap Grossly violating the cap. William, what are your thoughts on this? I know you're going to say that it's ridiculous that we have a cap at all. And I agree with you.
3: It's retarded that there's a cap, and I'm not supposed to use that word. But it's, you know what, Um, what's, what's a, what's a, it's just there should not be any cap on management, okay? Players, yes. Management, no. Because, I mean, it takes a lot of guys, whether you think it does or not. And, I mean, if a coach wants to have 27 assistants and and the owner is willing to pay for those 27 assistants, then by all means. you're You're one of the people all the time, Christopher, who says, the head coach should not be doing two jobs, okay? But I well, think I because, agree. Of, because I think because of the salary cap, that's why a lot of them do it. As well as as well as they're all fucking egomaniacs. But um, but yeah, yes. I I you know if there was no salary cap, you might see guys having having more assistants and more scouts and more this and more that. But right now, perfect example is Saskatchewan. Dickinson would have been gone last year, as well as the GM. 100%. They would have both been gone. Okay, but they got another year on their contract, so they couldn't hire somebody to replace them. It's that simple. Yeah. It's just it's just pointless so, and useless.
2: If, if you're going to have a cap, you're not going to have a cap. Um, <sighs> I 100% agree with everybody, or you you for sure, in saying that it's my company, and if I want to spend the money, I'm going to. Yes. Okay. But should we, and and, and by hiring better people, so I want to bring in some hotshot U.S. college coach and pay him a million dollars a year, I should be allowed to do that. I don't disagree with that. What I would like to see is a restriction on the amount of bodies. I I personally think that a head coach should be banned from holding any other, any coordinator position banned. So you have a head coach, you have three coordinators, and then you have positional coaches, and then you can have some, uh, you know, some helpers, assistants in that department, and then you can have four, five, ten scouts, whatever the amount is, and that's it. But every team can, is restricted to that same amount of people. So if, the, the, if you're allowed to have ten scouts, you can't – Saskatchewan can't come in with twenty-seven. Those are hypothetical numbers, and I'm not really picking on Saskatchewan, other than the fact that they showed the, the willingness to do this. Um, so I think that you should have a defined number of, of personnel that you're allowed to play, and head coaches mm-hmm. should be banned from any any other position. Banned. Charles. What's the situation with the salary management cap?
1: Uh, it's stupid. And not to it's be confused with
2: the, play-
0: <laughs> with the what?
2: I said not to be confused with the player salary cap. Yeah.
1: I don't understand why you want to uh, restrict your team from getting better. They're, all this does is it makes it harder for your existing teams uh to improve if they're struggling because they can't make a coaching change, they can't start it just makes no sense. I mean, the players, uh, cap makes sense. I mean, there's a lot more players than there are coaches, but you should be able to give your team the ability to uh improve on their performance by bringing in new coaches. I uh, just uh I think it's a dumb idea. It's just the Players Association whining about it and basically the league giving in. It's a bad idea, and it needs to be changed. It doesn't make sense. Well,
2: you, you, you do want to prevent teams from calling the New York Yankees, Right. Right. And and just going off and buying championships right, left, and center because you've got bucketfuls of money and you can buy unlimited Mm -hmm. players and buy unlimited coaches and buy whatever you need. Um, Mm -hmm. You don't want to have one team that has the most amount of revenue to be able to do that, which is what Saskatchewan tried to do in 2017, 2018. Um, And that's why we have this rule. It's so, always Saskatchewan. They're the reason we brought in the salary cap for players because they couldn't play, be competitive because they weren't making enough money. Now they're making too much money, and we had to bring in a management cap to rein in Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Makes no sense. Anyhow, I, I, we either restrict the number of personnel or you, rest, or you eliminate fired personnel from the cap. One of those two things has to happen. Get rid of the dollar amount and and have a, a, a head count or get rid of the dollar amount of any coach that's been dismissed. Would you accept that, Will?
3: Yep. I would so. In a heartbeat. Charles, does that make sense to you?
1: I think so. It's better than what we got
2: so, now. Any coach that has been fired no longer their salary no longer applies to the cap. I, it, it it only makes sense. Okay. Let's move on from this one. I'm having fun with it, but let's go on. Jarrett Dogie taking first team reps with Chris Jones won't name him the starter. Is Taylor Cornelius' time up with the Elks? Well, it fucking should be. He's absolutely brutal in the first three games, first two and a half games. Brutal. I never saw anything in him at all that I would have anointed him the starter last year. Nothing. I I did not see him perform well enough to be given a $400,000 contract. It makes no sense. So, yeah, I think he's done. He's only done because they've got to get rid of that contract. He's got to get rid of that contract. So, yeah, who, who's going to – if you threw Taylor Cornelius to the curb right now, who's going to pick him up? Anybody?
1: I can't I don't
2: see know. anybody. No. Well, I can't I don't
3: know. see anybody. I, 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 well, I, I would consider. A team may be desperate injuries. I would consider trading. Hang on, guys. Uh, I would consider trading Cornelius straight up for uh, Jake Mayer. You would? Oh, I don't yep.
2: know about that. I like I like Cornelius. See? Yeah, I know. You said that for a while. Um, I actually thought about trading Cornelius and a draft pick or two for Dane Evans. I know, Charles, you hate that.
0: I do.
1: I'm sorry. I do. I I just think at this point, Dane Evans is is a a good insurance policy in case of injury or whatnot for um, – uh, Vernon Adams. I just uh, I don't like. I I would much rather keep him at least for one year. Maybe that's something you look at in the off season. But for this year, I just wouldn't do it.
2: For the good of the league, we can't have Edmonton sucking this long. Does that factor into your your uh, conclusion at all? Is that the entire league now needs to take care of these teams that
1: are not no, yeah, so sorry? I'm sorry. That's the, the, that, that's the management of the uh, F, of the Elks or whatever. That's not on the other teams to play charity for these guys. Sorry, they didn't build a proper team. That's their fault. We don't expect the other teams to uh, to uh, pick up for your mistakes. Sorry, I don't. I, I don't buy that at all. I think that's. Uh, I mean, sorry, you build your team. You didn't do it properly. Figure out a way, but don't rely on other people to fix your mistakes. Well,
2: no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. It's just an idea. You didn't
1: do your job properly. That's your fault. And I do, and I agree with you. Edmonton needs to be strong, but it's not the job of the other teams to make them strong. That's the job of
2: management. Right. Okay. Now, at what point in time do you take into consideration that this is a community-owned team? It's bleeding money profusely. They're, they're, they're fans. They had, what, five or 6,000 in the stands the other night. Um, at, at what point in time does this, is this team going to be abandoned to the league? You know, at what point in time is well, there, far- there sympathy for this team?
1: Well that's fine, then maybe the legal find an actual owner for them instead of a community owned team and they can take care of it. Because quite frankly, um I don't know, they're not whatever they're doing now isn't working. So well, maybe they need a different way.
2: Oh well, I I I like community owned teams, I really yeah. do. Um, I I kinda wish they all were. I, I, I liked it when B.C. was. I'm not, a, you know, very rare did B.C. have a have a good owner over the years. Very rare. Uh, Yes, I know we had David Braley for almost 20 years. But
0: yeah, I was think- nothing
2: but bitching about him being cheap. Well,
3: well, I think Amir Dolman is a good uh, owner. So,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, without question, so far, without question, he's probably the best owner in the CFL right now. Uh huh. Mind you, that that's not hard to accomplish, but I, I think he's light years ahead of everybody else. I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I don't want to see the Elks continue to stumble. I would really like to see them turn a corner. But let's find out what this Jared Doogie is, is going to do or, or get Trey Smith in there and, and find out what's Trey Ford in there and find out what's going on. And, and You know, they haven't exhausted their their own personal quarterbacks before they're off looking for quarterbacks.
0: Right. But they
2: did. I mean, there is a rumor that they did contact the B.C. Lions in and and trying to get Dane Evans away from them. And for the simple fact that there hasn't been an announce with, announcement, would say that B.C. told them to pound sand. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. We have half an hour left. We have some things to talk about. CFL fines Chris Hamilton's Chris Edwards maximum amount for a post-game shove on Austin Mac. You know,
0: I, I really. What's
3: the maximum? What's the maximum CFL fine? Anybody half of
2: knows? one game's pay.
3: Okay, so who the fuck cares?
2: So if it was Bo Levi Mitchell, it would have been about five thousand dollars, right? Because I think his so his, his game it was, his it tech is like ninety eight hundred bucks or something.
3: It was probably a grand.
2: If. Yeah. If if that much. Um, so. My point is is that when it's... Football is supposed to be what? It's supposed to be smash-mouth football. It's supposed to be a game between men. Okay? Yep. I, agreed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He he shoved the player. He didn't hit him with a hockey stick over the head. He didn't, you know, mm-hmm. smash him with his his helmet. He didn't you know what I mean? It. it, it this is. Oh, he shoved him. It. It, 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 yep. it sounds like two gay. Yep.
3: Where'd you go? Found it.
2: Austin MacBooks it on Get it tax. What? I said he probably fell down to, to, to draw more attention to it.
1: No, he gave a pretty good shot. It, I was, it was a stupid thing to do.
2: I, I'm not arguing that. I'm not disputing that. I'm yeah. just saying that, that I believe football is being a bunch of pussies by finding people for stupid things like this. You can't get into a fight. Well, why not? These are big boys. They're full of testosterone. They're supposed to be able to get their anger out. Hockey, you get into a good brawl. Lacrosse, you get into a good brawl. You get a five-minute fighting penalty, and you're in the box. You come back out and play football again. Now, you take a swing at somebody, you're ejected from the game. You don't even have to make contact. I, I don't know. I don't. I, to me, that's always been a, a, a head scratcher for me: is why, why these men can't act like men. It's the most violent sport out there, and yet they're not allowed to be violent. A, am I wrong here? Am I missing something? Well, no, within think? the rules, within the rules. like you can't just. Rip your helmet
1: off and throw it at a guy. You can't throw a punch at a guy after the play and not I, I, expect well, to
2: be... He, those are two different things. Those are two different things. So one's a weapon. And, and, and one is a, fil- uh, a, a physical altercation. Okay? You can get into All a right. fight in hockey. There's rules against it. You're not allowed to. But they do it anyhow. Why is it such a problem that get into a fight in football? I mean, you you're you're ejected and suspended if you swing a punch. If you connect with a punch, yeah. you're done. Right? You're 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 gone. Right? Yep. Why? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know cause well, they're they're because Wait. they you're not wearing. They don't want fighting in a game?
3: No, no.
0: Uh, I, well, I wouldn't be offended.
3: Number one, number one, it's kind of stupid to fight in a game when you're a football player because there's nothing that hurts your knuckles more than a face mask after you punch it. Okay.
0: Oh yeah, yeah I, so I agree.
3: It's dumb. It's dumb. Um, so I don't know. But why is there fines for this stuff? Well. Because they gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be held accountable, and the only way you can do it, yeah, and they don't want this to
1: be a regular occurrence. That's correct.
2: Okay. I don't know. It just it to me it sounds wimpy. Ah. Stampeders receiver, Malik, Malik Malik Henry. Malik. 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 Henry. Malik. Malik. Yes. Malik Henry. Malik. Out for the season with a ruptured Achilles. This is one of the most brutal injuries there is known to mankind. Once again,
0: and
3: non-contact. Non-contact as well.
2: And it's been happening so frequently. Like, I mean, in the last three, four years, it's a very common injury. Prior to that, it, you, you rarely heard about it. Yep. Is this, is so this because quest- of their training they're training too, and they're too ripped? Well, yeah,
3: but my, quest- my question is, what are they doing? What are they doing that causes these things? And it goes back to my thoughts from last week, okay? Um, you know, with all the injuries going on, is it because these guys are snowflakes? There's snowflakes? Yes. Is that what you Some said? Of them. Yes, snowflakes. Not because, not because the guy's out for a torn Achilles tendon, you can't play with a court. But I'm talking there's so many injuries right now and I'm wondering if half of them, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, would the guys just sucked it up, taken a shot, and gone
2: out and played? I I don't know of a player. I don't know of a person who could suck up a ruptured Achilles. No, no. I told.
3: I just said, I'm. I, ruptured Achilles is a different animal. The ruptured Achilles thing. I think it's because guys are overtraining. That's the only thing I can think of yeah. because every single time every single time you see a guy in a game get a ruptured Achilles, it's from non contact. I've seen it numerous times. Matt Dunnigan dropped back two steps, fell on the ground and didn't get up again because he ruptured his Achilles didn't so Malik Henry, he just fell down in the middle of the game. Nobody touched him so.
2: I, I, I'm not disputing that one. In fact, I think that that has more to do with it than anything. It's it's the concept of overtraining. They have got yeah. their body to the point where it's at the highest possible level, and the only thing that can happen is it to break.
0: Yeah, you know, stretched
3: I,
2: it to the breaking point.
3: I also tend to wonder, and I hope it wouldn't happen normally. Okay. But I've seen guys at my gym, and these are not professional athletes, and I've seen them doing things, and they have no technique whatsoever, and it makes me fucking cringe. And I tend to wonder if these guys are training on their own sometimes and nobody's watching them, do they know what they're doing?
2: I have to believe that they learned in college. I have to believe that they learned in high school. I have to believe that they learned with their training staff at their professional level. I have to believe that they know what the fuck they're doing. Right, have but,
3: but but does it come down to I'm a macho man and I'm I'm gonna for example I'm gonna squat you know 150 pounds more than I used to be able to? Are they are they doing shit like that? Once again, I go back to the the Jalen Philpot guy in Calgary. He tore his hamstring off the bone. The only way you can do that is by doing a squat. That's the only way you can do it. And so was did he have too much I, weight I'm, on the bar? I'm cringing just listening. Yeah, I know. Did he have too no, much kidding. weight on the bar? Did he have proper technique? Did he have... Prop, proper spot, spotters, because I see this shit all the time at my gym, and you can go yeah. over and make suggestions, and most of these people look at you like you got fucking horns, like you don't know what you're talking about, you know what I mean? So Yeah,
2: no, I do. See, now, I, I did used to spend a lot of time in the gym, and I mean a lot of time in the gym but I was never going for the large amounts. I was going for the large reps. I was doing a lighter weight many, 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 many many more times. I was never trying to reach a a large number in, in the weight side of things. And I think that that might be what we're doing wrong because weightlifting is an ego thing, right? I mean, it really is. Oh, uh, yeah, I can bench press four hundred and fifty pounds, or I can do this, or I can uh, squat this thousand pounds. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You can, right up until you tear the hamstring off the bone. I don't know. No, there's no answer for this. He's out for the season. I don't know what to say about him.
1: Yep,
3: and he was he was the jet or he was the San Peter's best receiver because actually, I, I, um, Reg, Reggie Begelton was out the last game, and they didn't they didn't publish this, but I heard through the grapevine he actually punctured a lung, he broke a rib, and he took some oh. he took some hellacious hits in the Ottawa game. So
2: Oh, he's out for a while.
3: Yeah, he's on the sixth game.
2: Yeah. Oh, that that's not good. You you kill a guy doing that.
3: Of course. Mhm.
2: Yeah, you collapse along out there. They're not getting that back up real, real quick.
3: No, cuz wow. I
2: I found it odd.
3: I found it odd because they said he had a rib injury. And then, the, and then they did surgery the next day, and I was like,
2: what? Yeah, you don't have surgery on a rib. You don't have surgery the
3: next day unless it's impeding you in some way, some form.
0: Right.
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, the, the rib is just a symptom. Uh, ouch. That's not good. I wish him well.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's been a long time since we killed a player on the field, so I don't want to see it happen. Randy Ambrosi does not appear to be concerned about the Calgary Stampeders, but the organization has some work to do. I, I didn't read that article. What's that about? Thank you, Captain Obvious. Any idea? What? are we...
1: The stadium? <laughs> That's a large part of it.
2: Well, he's saying that the organization is trending downward.
1: Yeah. Because of the drop-off in attendance and so on. Has he
3: looked at the fucking economy lately? All right.
2: I, you know what? I really don't like that argument. I really don't like that argument. Um, football's got to be one of the least expensive tickets out there. Uh, you, you know, look at the season tickets for the Flames and look at the season tickets for the Stampeders. And uh, is the Flames sold out? Uh, Mostly, no, yes. No, not Mostly, really. Mostly, yes. Yeah, I, no. I, I realize that, you know, there's 20,000 seats in the in the stadium but you know it's it's one of those things it's just like no i don't believe the economy is pushed to the point where they, people can't go and buy a $25 ticket to a, a, a football game i don't think the economy is that bad i'm not saying the economy is good but it, I, I no Is it is it to the point where I don't want to buy a ticket because I don't know whether I, c- I can afford it and I don't want to watch my team lose? You know, it, it, is Edmonton's attendance dropping like a rock because um, their team is no good or is it dropping like a rock because of the name change or is it dropping like a rock because the economy is no good in Edmonton? Well, I'll tell you, the, the economy in BC is no better. If not worse. Mm-hmm. And BC Lions season tickets, BC the Lions tickets up. are on the on the ups, on the upswing right now. So, I'm not buying the economy thing. It has to do with, I, and i no, I don't want to use the word marketing. I'll, I'll use the word promotion. It has to do with promoting the team. It has to do with putting a product on the field, a viable product on the field, a winning product on the field. And promoting it properly. If you're not doing that, you don't. Calgary does not have a viable product on the field right now. Is it is it better than others? Yes. Is it the best? No. Are they competitive enough to go to the Grey Cup? No. Not at this point in time. That's on management. They, they can't blame that one on the economy. Will, would you like to counter my argument?
3: You have a good argument, but I still believe it's the economy. I'm sorry. You you, you might pay you might pay twenty five dollars for a ticket, but then you take then you pay anywhere from ten to fifteen dollars for parking, and then if you want a fucking burger or something, there's another twenty five bucks. And if you're taking a whole family, times that by four. And, and mm-hmm. I've, noticed, I've noticed a lot of people are struggling right now with money because, number one, interest rates have gone up. So a young family with a house and kids that go to football games, it might be out of their budget
2: now.
0: I mean, I, I, mean, I, I
2: noticed uh, I, I, an interesting. I'm
3: like you. Uh, sorry, I'm like you. I say, you know, fifty bucks is nothing, Christopher, and it's because we're in our sixties. Fifty bucks is nothing, but to some people, fifty bucks is putting gas in their car to go to work the next day or not. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. I, I try and I try and think like them. I'm not in that position anymore and I've actually never been in that position, but I, I get it because I, I talk to a lot of the guys that I work with, the younger guys, and they all struggle.
2: So, I mean, I, I saw something interesting on TikTok today or yesterday, and it was the billionaires don't want you to know this or, or trying to keep this from you, but in the 80s, A man could make a living selling VCRs in a single-family income with a house, a family, and still have enough money to go away on vacation. The middle class is gone.
3: Absolutely. There
2: is no middle class. Okay. And it started with Reagan's trickle-down economy, economics. Yeah. Because trickle-down economics doesn't work.
3: You know, I it's hilarious because it doesn't, it doesn't
2: work. I tell
3: people all the time, my father the most money my father was what my father did for a career was he was in the army for a long time. At his peak he made twenty five thousand dollars a year. Okay? He had five kids and a wife. We always had a house, we always had a car. We always had food, and we always went on vacation. So, but you, yeah. you can't find that today. I mean, people struggle.
2: No, yeah. You, Go ahead. You have two. You have two people in the family that have to work now. They have to make a hundred grand a year each, and they barely, barely get by. Correct. I understand all of that. I mean, I I didn't. And people
0: and, and people Chris, didn't
2: work. They, I mean, women didn't work.
3: Christopher, think about this: what percentage of families have two income winners that are making a hundred grand? There's not that many.
1: Very low. So,
3: yeah, I still I know i mean, I mean, of course, the economy is part of it. The lack of what you don't like to call marketing is part of it, okay? The lack of not interested is part of it, okay even when calgary even yeah. when Calgary had a winning team, they had trouble struggling they struggled with attracting people. I remember
1: back in nineteen ninety four when the BC Lions were playing Calgary in the Western Final, and this this was Calgary's heyday. This was the Doug Flutie days. They're in the Western Final against BC, and it wasn't remotely close to a sellout.
0: Nope.
3: Not at all. They always
1: get, usually get a, Huge crowd for the uh, Labor Day game against uh, Edmonton, and that's pretty much it. They're, they're, they're up and down the rest of the year.
3: But I mean, okay. But I mean, on, so, on the on the other hand, Christopher, I believe that we we've said this before. CFL is the best bang for your buck as far as sports goes, by far and away. Correct. Mm-hmm.
2: So. One of the other things that it says here is ticket office isn't the only place the club is struggling to draw attention. The club's first two games of the 2023 regular season drew an average audience of only 250,000 viewers on TSN, which is far below the seasonal average through week two last year of 435,000.
3: And we've we've also talked about a lot of people are getting away from cable.
0: Yeah. 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 You know, especially
3: especially when the economy is low, that's one of the bills you can cut and you can still do other things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's interesting.
2: Okay, let's see what else we got to do. I've, I've lost it now. There we are, Randy Ambrosie, developing next generation of quarterback talent front and center issue for the CFL commissioner Randy Ambrosie. Well, it's not his job to develop quarterback talent. It's it's the teams to find it. BC didn't develop quarterback talent when while he was here. He went and found them. He brought in quarterbacks that could play football. I mean it, 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 he generated more quarterbacks for the CFL than any other person around. okay Huff did a wonderful mm-hmm. job as well. Where did this go? Did, did it just this knowledge, this ability to find this just disappear? just kind of like trying to make the mask steel, the recipe got lost. I, I You know, I, I I don't believe that that's right. I mean, why do we not have, is this now a, a victim of the salary management cap because we don't have enough scouts out there to find the next generation? Can we blame this one on the management cap? I don't know. We, we need quarterbacks. There's no quarterbacks in this league. Seriously, we've got two quarterbacks in here that are worth a pinch of yet, and then after that, we're not sure. Chad Kelly might be the real thing. We might be able to call him three. But, you know, we've got Taylor Cornelius and Duguay up in Edmonton. You've got Mayer. Uh, you got Cody Fajardo. You've got Trevor Harris is 37 years old. you got Nick Arbuckle. You've got... Who the hell in Hamilton? I don't even know what they match slits right now. And and Trevor Harris over in in Saskatchewan. Or did I cover Trevor Harris? I covered Trevor Harris. Who was the other one?
1: You did, um, yeah. Jeremiah
2: Mazzoli is thirty four. Mazzoli, thirty four, and yeah. we don't even know if he's coming back. We we this is the he's weakest this week. quarterback you know that. pool that I've seen the CFL in forever.
0: Yeah. Maybe ever,
2: that? yeah. I was just saying maybe ever. No, I know, but did you, you say you that had Ger- uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli was coming Mazzoli. back to Ottawa? No, he's not playing this week. There was some thought that no, he might not play playing this, playing week, this week, but he is not. But, no. Yeah. No, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's it, this is terrible. This is absolutely the worst. And speaking of the worst, we've got the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have brought back Dakota Prukop this is something that I wanted to talk about, but we're really running out of time really fast right now. Yeah,
1: um, yeah I had to find here, Instead your of team. going
2: to two quarterbacks, should we go to four? Should each team carry four quarterbacks? Okay, I'm going to shut out on the show. This is the Let's Talk CFL podcast episode uh, 536. I'm your host, Christopher Jones. Thank you very much for sticking around to listen to us for babble for a few hours. Uh, we had fun. We ran out of time. I really want to talk about four quarterbacks. I think it's a good idea. Maybe you can put Let's it on the agenda the for next week. So we'll put it on
1: the agenda for next week, and I want to talk about that, too. Good night, folks. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, enjoy this weekend's game. Happy Canada Day. We'll talk to you next week.
3: Willie, say good night. Good night, everybody. Go, Al, go.
2: No.